Do you want to see a live recording of It's All Journalism? Then come by the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. on Monday, December 11th at 6.30 p.m. You can find out more about this free event at itsalljournalism.com and on our Facebook page. A real success looks like news organizations that are better equipped to develop revenue streams rooted in support from their communities. And that, to us, is the sort of capacity-building piece that goes along with the fundraising piece and what we're really excited about. Everybody says that local news is essential, but nobody seems to want to pay for it. Just in time for the holidays, we talk about one recipe for local news sustainability. I'm Michael O'Connell, and you're listening to It's All Journalism. On the phone today with me is Josh Stearns, Associate Director for the Public Square Program at the Democracy Fund. Welcome to the podcast, Josh. Thanks. It's good to be here. It's great to have you back on. You've been on it a couple of times. I think the last time we were talking to you, you were still working at the local news lab. Is that what it was? That's right, at the Geraldine R. Dodge Foundation, and the local news lab has carried over to the Democracy Fund, so we're still working on that and still plugging away at the issues supporting digital local news. Okay, well, cool. Now, you reached out to us about a big initiative that the Democracy Fund is involved with. It's helping to finance some some newsrooms. Why Why don't you tell me about that? Sure. So... We are in the middle right now of a largest campaign to support hyperlocal news organizations and investigative journalism nonprofits ever. It's called Newsmatch, and it actually started a year ago with the Knight Foundation, who ran a smaller version of this effort from December 2016 to like January 2017. And it was so successful that we wanted to expand it. So this year, Newsmatch is now a $3 million fund to match donations to nonprofit news organizations with the Knight Foundation, MacArthur Foundation, Democracy Fund and Ethics and Excellence in Journalism, all four foundations partnering together to make this happen, to bring new donors to the table for local journalism. Okay. And so right now you're, I guess, involved in a, in a drive to, to raise money for that? Or, or is it to find newsrooms to, uh, who are looking for support? So we've identified 110 newsrooms who are participating, and that was run through the Institute for Nonprofit News, INN. So they really coordinated the eligibility requirements and figured out which newsrooms were going to be participating. We put up the dollars, and then what we realized was that a lot of newsrooms still need some support to really make the most of end of year campaigns like this. So we've also hired um, or funded the News Revenue Hub, which is this really exciting new project that's being best practices around membership programs to newsrooms to do huge amount of weekly training, technical assistance, communication support, and more for newsrooms around the country to help them raise dollars during this important end-of-the-year campaign. Now, is this all for nonprofit newsrooms? Is that what you were saying? Yeah. So this year, we focused on nonprofit newsrooms who are members of the Institute for Nonprofit News. And we did that for a couple reasons. We wanted to be able to have some sort of criteria to explain to other funders how who they were going to be supporting and what newsrooms would be involved. And the Institute for Nonprofit News presented a really simple way to say, look, we know these newsrooms are upholding great editorial standards. They're committed to transparency in their donations. There's a whole bunch of um, standards in place. So 
we did that because part of the goals of Newsmatch is to bring new funders in to supporting local and investigative journalism. And for those funders who don't know much about supporting journalism or, or the difference between different kinds of newsrooms, having one sort of baseline to point to was a really easy way of making new foundations feel comfortable. And one of the interesting things is that in the last month or so, we've actually seen new foundations respond. So more than 20 new challenge grants have been set up by local newsrooms in coordination with Newsmatch and even separate from Newsmatch so that some of these news organizations are now getting triple or quadruple or even five times matching dollars for every donation that comes in till the end of the year. So what is it what type of projects are are, are you know we said they're these are nonprofit newsrooms what types of journalism are they doing what type of projects are are, are out there? It really runs the gamut. Everything from, you know, the Voice of San Diego, which does great accountability daily reporting on the city of San Diego, to uh, the um, Wisconsin Watch, the investigative newsroom in Wisconsin, which does sort of longer-term investigative reporting about issues in Wisconsin, to someone like ProPublica, a big national investigative powerhouse. So we've got small, tiny, local, daily kind of reporting projects and huge national investigative reporting projects who are all part of this Newsmatch project. Yeah, and you talk about something like the the Watch where, you know, they're looking at you know, local, you know, political news or government uh, stories, finance, you know, that sort of sort of things. These are these are, you know, essential types of reporting that, you know, as as the major news outlets are sort of getting smaller and, and, and some smaller news papers or news outlets that used to cover this type of stuff as part of the bread and butter have sort of dried up. It, you know, these are sort of long term projects that, that sometimes get lost. And, you know, it is, these are things that may not be able to sort of sustain themselves uh, in, in a more traditional journalistic fashion. Yeah, and one of the things I think that we think is really important is that these outlets can't rely on foundation dollars alone. We really need to help local news organizations and investigative journalism build a constituency, build a community that supports their work, not just sort of foundations or advertising or anything else. And a core part of Newsmatch is really helping them build a small donor base who can sustain the work as a major part of their revenue stream moving forward. So if Newsmatch is successful, we will double the $3 million we started with so that there'll be $6 million total raised, if not more, by the end of the year. And that that in and of itself is great. But real success looks like news organizations that are better equipped to develop revenue streams rooted in support from their communities. And that, to us, is the sort of capacity-building piece that goes along with the fundraising piece and what we're really excited about. Yeah, well, you're sitting here talking about the local communities. That that, uh, sort of reminds me of the work that you did with the local news lab in trying to help local news outlets come up with models that they could sort of sustain to to produce a, a local type of journalism. Are most of these outlets that you're dealing with, I, I know you mentioned ProPublica, which which has a pretty national scope, but are, are most, of, most of them sort of local type outlets or is it sort of a mix? 
Yeah, it, the large percentage of them are local, you know, state investigative nonprofits or even smaller local regional news organizations. There are some like the Center for Investigative Reporting or the Center for Public Integrity, the Marshall Project, Inside Climate News, those sorts of big national or topical focused nonprofits as well, but the vast majority are are local and state-based organizations working on specific communities and geographies. Let me ask you a two-part question. One is it, you know, how can local news outlets who who might want to, you know, apply for this, you know, how could they um, apply for this type of uh, funding? So when Newsmatch started out last year, the Knight Foundation had 57 news organizations who were eligible, and it was a mix of public media stations and nonprofit media. This year, we have 110 who are eligible, who are all nonprofit news organizations. I think in the future, as Newsmatch grows, we hope to be able to continue to build out what that eligibility looks like to make these sorts of capacity building and matching opportunities available to as many people as possible. What that will actually look like will be based on what we learn this time. So we actually have an outside evaluator who's looking at what's working and what's not. How can we do this better next year? And we will share a lot of that information back out, not only only so that we can do better next year and include new kinds of people and voices, but also so that other foundations who might want to do this in their states or local communities will be able to learn from that effort. So what I would say is, you know, we have a website at newsmatch.org where right now you can search by any topic you're interested in or any location you care about, and you can donate to news organizations there, but there will continue to be updates and more information about the future of Newsmatch at newsmatch.org and the investigative news network. And I'm sorry, the Institute for Nonprofit News, INN.org. So that's sort of like if people want to continue to get involved, there's that piece of it. The other piece I would say is that while we talk about these, this effort benefiting digital, local, and investigative nonprofits, the reality is a huge portion of these nonprofits also partner deeply with some local media organization locally. Maybe it's the public radio station, maybe it's the alt-weekly, maybe it's the daily newspaper, but almost all of these organizations are sharing their content, partnering up on on reporting, and that sort of thing. So there is a way in which Newsmatch not only helps individual organizations, but we hope has this capacity-building effect that can help regional media and collaborations beyond just the individual organization. What else do do people need to know about Newsmatch? So Newsmatch is an exciting national campaign, a call to action for people to support local news. We hope and think that this is also about shifting ideas about who pays for local news in general. I think we all acknowledge, those of us in the industry, that for local journalism especially to survive, we're going to have to diversify the revenue streams and think about how we're serving communities new and different ways and how communities can then support us. And so part of the argument that we're making through Newsmatch is not only, hey, a couple big foundations put together some funds and we'll double your donations, but hey, you need to think about if you care about economic justice, if you care about health care, if you care about the environment, 
it's not enough to just donate to the environmental organization if we're not also supporting the storytellers, the journalists, the reporters who are covering those issues every day. So changing the way we think about how we support local news and why we support it from a sort of public perception really matters. And that's why we spent a huge amount of energy this week on Giving Tuesday to promote this notion of Giving Newsday. Forgive the pun, but it was useful at the time. And what it did was it allowed us to have a platform to say to people, speak out about why you're donating to local news. And we had Mark Ruffalo, you know, the movie star, talking about donating to Grist and Inside Climate News and ProPublica and posting to his Facebook page and Twitter about why he supports nonprofit news. We had um, Dana Bash and Jessica Yellen, you know, national journalist Katie Turr, talking about how they got started in local news and why local news is so important. We had Michael Kelly from House of Cards and the Hollywood agent Michael Knives and Kara Mund, Miss America, tweeted about supporting local nonprofit and investigative journalism. So the important part about that is not that we have stars talking about it, but that we have a shift in consciousness about the need for us as a community, as a nation, to stand up for this kind of reporting and to support it. And that matters right now, not just because of the economic challenges, but because of the very real political challenges that we face in our nation, too, when it comes to journalism. We know that journalists are under attack, not just sort of from Trump's tweets, but also sort of trickle-down animosity towards the press that we see playing out in local places around the country. The closing up of open government and open information, it's getting harder to get those FOIA requests through. It's getting harder to get into those press conferences. All of these issues are why we need a public that supports the press, and that's a big part of what Newsmatch is also about. Yeah, you and I first met, we first spoke, had you on the podcast uh, in October 2014. You you were talking about uh, the local news lab and, and, and getting started on that and, and your thoughts about uh, where local news was and, and wh- how you know newsrooms, the struggles that many newsrooms were going through. So, you know, it's been a few years since, since that's happened with the Democracy Fund now, you know, what's your perception over that time? How are we still in the same place with with local news? Are things getting better? Are things getting worse? I think the local news has shown a resiliency in terms of its value. And I think that's important. I think we see amidst dwindling trust there is still local news ends up on top when people talk about the kinds of media that they do trust. And I think we see, especially after this past election, a shared sense that local news, boots on the ground, journalists in communities where people live is increasingly important. However, I think all of that good that we've seen in terms of people's awareness about the value and importance of local news has also shined a spotlight on the really very real gaps in local news capacity. And, you know, a couple years ago, before you and I talked, there were some folks at the Reporters Lab at Duke that put out a report called The Goat Must Be Fed. And it was looking at why digital uptake of, of digital tools and digital reporting had been slow at local news stations, especially TV stations. That report and the lessons in it still carry forward today where you see, you know, 
the biggest developments, whether they be in things that Facebook and Google are trying or in new sorts of technology for reaching people, are constantly being sort of rolled out to the biggest newsrooms. And local newsrooms are either not getting the chance to take advantage of it or not having the capacity to jump on those opportunities. And I really worry that that capacity gap is going to continue to grow. And no matter what the resiliency and the importance of local news is, there's still going to be these revenue questions, but there's also this sort of technology gap question of how do we get folks, whether it be a a CMS issue, whether it be a social media issue, whether it be a video issue, how do we get folks over that technology hump so that they can really excel and take advantage of what's out there? Yeah, I, thank you for reminding me that 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 report. I'd forgotten about it. It's really strange, you know. Over the last year, we've talked a lot about transparency. We've talked a lot about fake news and, and about trust. And you know, I've had a couple of guests on here who've said, you know, ha- have been sort of involved in local news or alternative weeklies or something like that. And you know, they they do say that that people do value local news, even when they when they question the the veracity and you know the trustworthiness of you know cable news outlets or you know national news or, or national you know big city papers the people they're pointing to most is the ones that whose opinions they they trust they say they trust the most are, are, are local news outlets their their local TV station whatever so local means a lot to people that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be you know able to support it or that those outlets are going to have the capacity to sustain and so, you know, that's a challenge. I mean, that's a challenge that you've been working on. And that's certainly a challenge that the, this uh, newsmatch seems to, to help. But yeah, also just to touch on what you, you sort of finishing up there about the technology gap, it is concerning that, you know, for, for a very long time, just speaking from like a, a weekly newspaper, local newspaper, or even alternative press, there, there's been this, you know, some people who are still hang, trying to hang on to or resurrect the the print advertising model. And there is still some of that available, but this idea that somehow they're going to try to compete in distribution over over the web, but then, then at the same time try to, you know, find revenue streams on the web as well has been a real challenge. And, you know, this this sort of gap between what a a large news outlet can do and what a a small news outlet can do is really vexing sometimes. Yeah, one of the things that I've been really struck by is the work of the News Revenue Hub as well as the Membership Puzzle Project, which are two separate projects, but both looking at the sort of future of revenue and the connection to communities. And both of the lessons that they've learned through their work are things that I think if you were to ask folks at local newsrooms, the answers you get about what needs to happen are often in reach. People, I think, generally know we need to do more to invest in reader revenue or we need to do more to update some of our systems so we can better track our subscribers, the same people who are coming to our events, you know, just basic data stuff. We need to own more data and know more about our community so that we can serve them better. People know these things, but getting the time and space and resources to actually do work on that is really, really tough. And I think we discount sometimes the difference between a really big team at a big news organization and their capacity to shave off, even if, you know, 20 staff shave off two hours a week to do some innovation work or to build the next stage of their work. 
so many local news organizations don't have that buffer, don't have that extra time to make the change, even if they know what changes they need to see. So for our work at Newsmatch, one of the things that we've been very specific about is one, creating this capacity building fund so that people can have the time to build new systems. We can use this end of year campaign and the urgency of raising money at the end of the year as a reason to invest in some new systems. So there's that piece of it. The other piece is that all of these grants that are coming from Newsmatch are general operating grants. So any money that we're matching in terms of the donations will match up to $28,000 per news organization. And all $28,000 are general operating for the newsroom to do with the best way they think. There's no restrictions on projects they have to do. There's not focused just on coverage. They could invest in a new uh, reporter or they could invest in a new business side person or they could invest in technology. And so giving newsrooms that kind of unrestricted capacity to invest in their future, I think is increasingly and incredibly important. So we're we're getting close to the end of the year here, and when you, you get into the end of the year and you start looking ahead to the next year, what are you hopeful for in 2018 for local news? So I'm really hopeful that we can bridge the gap between communities and journalists in ways that not only lend themselves to you know, revenue and sustainability, but answer some questions about trust and transparency and begin to have people feel like local news is not just something that happens around them or to them, but happens for them and with them. And I think all those three things are really connected. And I'm, I'm hopeful because what I'm seeing is that in an age when people are throwing around terms like fake news and, you know, we saw this week with the Washington Post, somebody tried to infiltrate the Post and create a fake story and plant, you know, fake details about uh, allegations about uh, someone running for Senate in Alabama. Like all these sorts of things are meant to undermine not just the news, but trust in the news. The other side of what I'm seeing is that local newsrooms are saying to their public, Let's open up the conversation. You know, like newsrooms could respond to the threats and challenges they're facing by closing down. But over and over again, from Dallas to Seattle, from Chicago to Charleston, I'm seeing people say, let's open up. Let's bring people into the newsroom. Let's talk to them about what our process is. Let's be more transparent about the decisions that we're making. And from there, Let's try to build trust and make sure that the news that we're doing is actually you know, useful in the lives of the people we're doing it for. And I think that if we can put a face to journalism and have people see the process of journalism and the choices and the rigor and the care, that we're increasingly going to have new levels of trust, but also um, people are going to be willing to invest in it because they're going to see the work that goes into it. And they're going to see, I hope, that journalists are working in the public interest and that that's what journalism is all about. And I agree that the, the whole, you know, we need to be transparent. We need to be operating in sunlight. We need, you know, when we are threatened, when we're questioned, when when our integrity is, is is, you know, dumped upon. We need to, you know, not shirk our duty. We should not be hiding what we do. We need to have it out in the open and say, look, this is who we are. You can trust us because you can see what we're doing. We're not trying to deceive you. 
you know, that's in the long run how we're going to be able to, to win this or at least continue to grow and, and um, you know, push the importance of improve the importance of, uh, of good journalism. Josh, thanks again for coming on the podcast. It's always a great conversation with you around local news. You know, again, how can people find out more about uh, Newsmatch and uh, Democracy Fund? At Democracy Fund, we're at democracyfund.org, and we do a range of grant making around supporting local news, supporting community engagement, working on trust and misinformation, and we'd love to talk more with anyone who's interested. At Newsmatch, you can find us at newsmatch.org, where 110 organizations have donation websites, and one of the most interesting things about that is that you can choose five or six organizations, and with one transaction, you can donate to a bunch of them. So it really cuts down the transaction cost of donating to five five or six different people, different places, different pages. You can do it one place at newsmatch.org. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for doing such great work, you and in your organization. We're going to get through this. We're going to, we're going to make journalism live again. Not that it's dead or it's gone away or anything. We're, we're going to continue it. And uh, thanks a lot, Josh. Glad to be here. Thanks so much, Michael. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the changing state of digital news. Find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. You can also subscribe to It's All Journalism on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Podcast One. Hey, have you heard? We're going to be having a live podcasting event on December 11th at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C., We'd love to have you there for our panel discussion about the future of the alternative press. Go to itsalljournalism.com or the National Press Club website to find out more information. Even if you can't make it, don't worry, you won't miss anything. We're going to be recording the event and posting it later the same week. Do you want to find out more about our podcast, like future live events, and uh, more information about our Patreon campaign? Subscribe to our weekly newsletter at itsalljournalism.com. It takes a lot of people to produce an episode of It's All Journalism. Nicola Grisco produced this week's episode. Amber Healy wrote our web content. Nick Dupre wrote our theme music. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. It's All Journalism is produced in partnership with the Association of Alternative News Media. Thanks for listening. The Target USA podcast with your host, J.J. Green. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile. That could touch the whole of the United States. ISIS. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to see an attack. This is J.J. Green. Join me each week for the latest on U.S. and international security on Target USA. The Target USA podcast. Find it on iTunes, the Podcast One app, podcastone.com, or at WTOP.com. Search Podcast DC. The What's Working in Washington podcast with your host, Jonathan Aberman. We share this region's innovative, entrepreneurial, and creative spirit. This podcast tells impressive stories of passion and spunk taking place here in the D.C. region. It illustrates how the nation's capital is anything but the stuffy, bureaucratic, politics-only reputation it tries to shed. The What's Working in Washington podcast. Find it on iTunes, the Podcast One app, podcastone.com, or at WTOP.com. Search Podcast D.C.